Hey there, Internet, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and with me as always is my co-host. He's announcing his bid for the 2020 presidential election coming tomorrow. It's Griffin Davis. It's an exploratory committee. So it's like uh, it's like dipping uh, your pinky toe. <laughs> just dipping, into, dipping the into toe the, into the ocean of government. Into the yeah, into the ocean of government. Well, it's like Donald Trump had the Apprentice. You have the Game Boys. I feel like you're at about the same place to try and make this run. I think it's a reasonable idea. Yeah, people are like, he is a businessman and a millionaire. <laughs> They're <laughs> so. like, Griffin is so good at deals. <laughs> Somehow he gets on stage all the time. No one knows why. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, Lux, it's. A big day. I, Lux, we do, the, we do this podcast wrong. <laughs> I was I mean, just talking to the guest outside about this. We need to gang shoot these things, dude. We've been doing podcasts on like Christmas and New Year's Eve. Yeah, we are stupid. <laughs> I mean, well, to, be fair, to be fair, the premise of the podcast is twofold. We like video games and are stupid. Oh, yeah. So, so we're committing to, to fair, the premise. We're just, yeah, we're just living out the performance of the show. But you're oh right. It is, it is New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's to everyone. Mm-hmm. And we're recording a podcast. Uh, you might hear some weird noises on my end because I am not in Austin. I'm recording at a Game Boy's East Coast location, which is my friend Josh's apartment where we've recorded. <laughs> uh, this will be, I think, the second or third episode we've recorded from here. Very nice. Uh, Josh, if I remember, brought on uh, the mobile game Looper. Yes. Josh was the guy we played Looper with. Nice. So I'm not dead yet. I'm remembering some things. Yes. Um, <laughs> which honestly, again, good reason for you to be president. Um, <laughs> alive, capable of memory. All good stuff. Um, speaking of alive and capable of memory, we have uh, a fellow uh, warrior uh, on, on the podcast today, and uh, he's a return guest, uh, sketch comedian Hunter Edwards. Welcome to hey, Game Boy. What's up, podcast freaks? Yeah, yeah. podcast freaks. Yeah, we got podcast <laughs> freaks on the line. Hunter's uh, here. Welcome back. Hunter just made a video about a nail. It's on Facebook. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> you should all, you yeah, should all go see it. Nice segue to apply. Yeah, hey, find look, me on Facebook. Me. Here's the thing about me. Uh, I'm really good at plugging my stuff. Um, it's just other people. It's tough. Um, but no, it's a great video. It's like, I think it's on the Patsy page. Just get your Patsy, right? Uh, yeah, it should be on the Patsy page and my page. So if you want to be friends with me, you can add me and also see the video. Yeah, we were just talking about it and it's great. It's a nice historically accurate sketch about an American tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a good old time on on the internet. Man, I like those short videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep them short. You know, it comes in under two. Love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren's video this morning came in at a hot 430. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's it's actually that's very real. If my friends put up a video and it's under two, I'll watch it 10 out of 10 times. And if it's over two, maybe three out of 10 times. <laughs> like if someone I know puts out a thing in two minutes, I'm like, yeah, I'll see if it's good. If it's like three minutes, I'm like, I don't know if I could commit to that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a whole cigarette. And, and we have a lot of uh, to stand on with our usual hour and change podcast about <laughs> video games. Well, look, man, I'm. Look, about 30% of the people I'm friends with on Facebook listen to the podcast, so I think my math checks my math checks out. Very nice. Um, but it's a very special day. It's electric in the air. Uh, it's New Year's Eve. We're thinking about the year in gaming, and we're looking back, and we're doing, that's right, the first ever Game Boys Game of the Year lists. Yeah, so the way that that's going to work, um, I, Hunter, I don't know if you know, if to fully explain this to anyone before this, maybe he did, but he didn't, but for the audience, for sure, we each picked five games that are our favorites of the year, and we're going to go count through our different lists and talk about everyone's choices, um, and we're not going to, you know, do our regular ratings things, and I don't think we're going to do segments, we're just going to go through this stuff, and uh, that's just going to be the show. 
So strap in and get ready for some choices that are going to get controversial. I know at least one is going to get <laughs> raise some hackles for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. Um, and before we start, uh, Hunter brought in a few uh, fails of the year, um, potentially that we could start talking about just to get, just to get warmed up into li- into list mode. Hunter, you are my fucking man's because I was actually about to make that list, but I got caught up doing my job. Um, and so I didn't have time. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, I've got a real... Uh no job situation. So I had plenty of time. Don't worry. I got your back. Uh, should I just rattle them off? So we'll just, yeah. yeah. What's going on here? Okay. I'll start uh, coming in at number three <laughs> is uh, World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Oh, no. Oh, Real yes. disappointment. Uh, Griffin so, is roasted. I'm so, ro- no, 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 so no. glad we did this first. Look, uh, I'm I'll, editing my list. I'll be, I'll, I'll be short and brief about this. The first three weeks first month of Battle for Azeroth, I was in my head saying, oh, this is the most fun I've ever had playing World of Warcraft since like, what is it? Burning Crusade. Oh yeah. I feel the same way. I was having a blast. Sure. What happened? Then you realize that you can't, there's so many, I like the necklace thing, the little Azeroth. Heart of Azeroth. I like the, the idea. accessory you can slowly upgrade over time. But all that does is make it so that you can't, you can't roll another character. Because all that work that you put into leveling up your necklace, sure. that doesn't move over to another character. Right. So, like, I'm a I'm the kind of guy I like playing uh, a couple different classes. I would have to like go through the entire storyline. Yeah, it's a grind fest. It's a, it's a huge grind fest. Mm-hmm. I like the new zones. I thought they were really like well thought out. Yeah, and there were, and there were fun quest lines that were like, yeah. exciting and I was engaging with. I thought that was really fun, but then once you get once you do that. Then you're like, oh, well, now I'm just spending 100% of my time just leveling up this necklace. Sure. Loot doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. It, like, it sort of does, but not to the same effect. You it's really like a fun just... roller coaster ride for like 25 hours, and then you crash into the thing that you were worried the game was always going to be, which is like the grind fast. Yeah, it's it's really fun, and then you have to do island expeditions, mm-hmm. and then you realize uh, this is terrible. See, that sounds right. like a nightmare to me, much like my experience with Nino Kuni 2 that we talked about, where it was really, really right. fun, and then it accidentally tricks you into thinking you like the game and then it turns into the game it actually is and it sucks ass. Yeah, Nino Nakunai 2 is definitely on my fails on the list as well. Yeah, and it, it would, I think the first, yeah, much like with, with Hunter, with, if I had put it on my, like, if I'd stopped playing it for 15 hours, it might be on my top five list, but instead I played it all the way through and it's in my bottom five list because it takes yeah. a turn for the worse. Man, it really gets, it really just shits the bed. <laughs> yeah, it's so good at the start and gets so bad. Oh, God. Um, okay, fail. What else? What else I, I got, I got uh, two more. Coming in at number two. I think I'm the only person that played this, but uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker. Oh, no, I, I, played, I played some of that. That game <laughs> is a problem. What kind of game is this, guys? So this is like... Uh, I don't know if you ever played like any of the Baldur's Gate games. Or I anything, have played Baldur's Gate. But yeah. it's like an isometric RPG mm-hmm. kind of old school flavor, right? Like uh, Pillars of Eternity. Uh, but it's made by the guys who do Pathfinder, so which is like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of like. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, a, it's like an open source. It's an open source Dungeons and Dragons uh, thing. Right. So, the, so this is their like they're taking a crack at like, hey, we're going to get in that video game market. And. There were things that I liked about it. Like there was, it felt like there was a bigger emphasis on like staying true to like the tabletop side of things where like stats mattered and like building your character kind of mattered a little bit. Uh, But that was and like, there was weird things that I liked where it was like, you do actually have to take 
rests and stuff. Like a big thing of D and D is like, if you're like out adventuring, you have to take a rest. Sure. And they put that in the game and there's like little fun things you can do, but everything else about the game is like in red dead you gotta feed your horse sure yeah of course it's exactly like that (laughs) Uh, that that stuff's fun but i just thought the game like didn't flow or like it wasn't a game that made me feel like what's the fail the so the first 15 minutes of the game you literally meet every single person that's ever going to be on your party which is like if you've played final fantasy 7 right like a, any other RPG, it kind of like spreads out the people that yeah. you're going to meet you over the course members. of time. Yeah. And cool. it makes it a little bit more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it's also fun because like, you don't know who's going to be in your party or not. So every time you meet a new person, you're like, Ooh, are you going to be my friend? Maybe. And yeah, then Pathfinder exactly. kind of takes that out of the game instantly. It's, yeah, yeah. it's literally like you, <laughs> this is how it goes down. You run into a gnome rogue. You run into a gnome bard back to back. Then you run into like, a female barbarian, then you run into a female paladin, then you run into a female necromancer, then you like an like an elf necromancer, and then you run like this is back, this is this this is one mission at the beginning <laughs> of the game, and it just got to the point where I was like, is anybody in this game not on my side? So they truly don't understand what friendship is, which is a huge fail. And what's 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 next on the list? Uh, next on the list. You guys are pretty beat up about this, just like how I am, uh, is Metal Gear Survive. Biggest disappointment. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, yeah. 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 I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's like... It's like what torture would be like for me, I think. I think, right, I think torture is what torture here. would be like for you, honestly. <laughs> I think that's still like waterboarding and stuff. Here's what happened. I played the demo of it, and... For a brief moment, I thought I was going to really like the game. (laughs) I lied to myself. I said, hey, it's still kind of like Metal Gear a little bit. It's using the Fox engine. I think the whole genre is stupid. What like what is this genre? It's of just like I don't surviving it. and like resetting and stuff like that. What, what like the, Rust? Yeah, right? I mean these like big these like large scale like open world survival games. What the fuck is this genre? I think it's bad all the way. Yeah, I don't love them. the. I don't. I haven't found any of those games to be particularly fun to be honest. Yeah, I, but I, so I think if you take that and then you just like do a Metal Gear version of that, it's just like that's what you get. Is yeah, there a weird stick prod. Yeah, in that game? like well the. Okay. <laughs> they were like, hey, let's make Metal Gear, but like, let's take everything that was fun about Metal Gear and not put it in the game. Right. And we'll add zombies uh-huh. for like no reason. Like, yeah, you, there's guns, sure, but a lot of the time you're like hitting things with a sledgehammer, which is confusing. Yeah. It does not work. It looks like a weird, blo- like, long block thing. I've never like played a Metal Gear and been like, oh, I wish this had like a melee, like, sword like combat in it which is like pretty close to what you're doing most of the game it just felt like a mobile game the one yes. thing snake yeah. is missing is a katana <laughs> yeah. that's what i've always thought but yeah that was that was just a massive fail but i also wasn't really hoping for much because that genre guys i don't know i mean i'm not saying it can't be done but but i am saying it's gonna it's over for now yeah, i will right. say i'll add to my list of fails a little bit i wouldn't say it's an all the way fail but Octopath Traveler starts out oh, really good yes. and then just becomes the same shit forever. Huge fail of a game. And I, I could tell the second I played the demo. You told me to play the demo and I didn't even finish the demo because the dialogue was so bad. Oh, see, I liked I liked the I honestly enjoyed the game for the first like 15 ish hours I was playing. And then I kept playing. And I was yeah. like, boy, I feel like I just played the same 15 hours again. Yeah, and then I was like, exactly I guess is. I'm going to stop playing this game because I did it because um, it's really fun to start with. But like and if, if it were like on a big sale, I'd say like, yeah, if it's like a $10 game, grab it. It's like 
15 hours of $10 fun, but for like a $50 game to be like the same 15 hour loop five times. No fucking thank you. Oh, I just, I can, I'll be real quick about it, but I completely, I got one coming in real hot at the last minute last year. Did anybody hear about this new last year game? No, no. It's basically dead by daylight. Okay. But, uh, it's dead by daylight, but the game has been in like production limbo for like eight years, five years, something like that. I bought it like five years ago on Kickstarter and it just came out and I have absolutely zero drive to even play <laughs> oh, Jesus it. Jesus Christ. La- last year, the nightmare. Yeah. This year, the nightmare. So it's like, so what happened was they announced it on Kickstarter. It seemed like a great idea. And then immediately after that happened, dead by daylight came out. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to pivot. We're going to do something else. And then Friday the 13th came out <laughs> and they're like, well, what's happening? So, yeah, it finally came out. It's doesn't look good. I paid money for it. I got roosted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got worked, bud. You got, <laughs> I got worked. worked hard. I think there's only been like two successful stories of people like paying for a video game to be made. <laughs> um, one of which teaser on my list. Oh, oh. Well, so let's let's bring it let's bring it to a to a more of a successful nature now. Oh, let's let's sure. get to the games that touched our hearts. Now, Lux, I know that we said we were thinking about doing top ten, but I gotta say, looking back on this year. There wasn't that. There was good games, but it wasn't a wealth of games. Well, this was a year. We talked about this a little bit before the show that like yeah, yeah. the like middle class of games, like games that are pretty good, pretty fun. It's there disappearing. Was, no, that, yeah. no that, that there were a lot of. It was oh, the top okay. end games. Doing the, I thought you were doing the 1% metaphor. No, I, was, I, was, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I was like, where is this middle class? <laughs> no, it's actually the opposite of our economy. The middle class is growing. There's a ton of games that are like pretty good, pretty fun, pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But as far as games that maybe you just be like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah, I couldn't get a full 10. I got five. Easy. I got more than five, but I couldn't get a full sure. 10 of games like blew my mind this year. Yeah. Well, I... I it seemed to me like this was the year of like the indie game. I felt like every game I was looking at a list of like all the games that came out. And it just seemed like every single one of them was an indie game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is like maybe like three triple A titles that came out. And I mean, those were all good. But like, I think it's the switch, baby. I think the switch yeah. is a shining light that's leading indies to greater audiences and fandom. I mean, I mean that's that, great. It did for a uh, game on my list. Definitely. Yeah. Um, right, well, did it create you on my list? Yes, sort of. Um, no, I take it back. <laughs> um, I would like to preface also that lists are really dumb and and pointless, but we three are actual geniuses That's at right. lists, so it'd be a crime for us to not uh, <laughs> to not list. Yeah, to be fair, I just want everyone to know that there's zero percent chance that anyone on this podcast wrote this list on a napkin while eating breakfast this morning. <laughs> Um, that didn't. No one did that. <laughs> uh, sometimes I eat off my iPhone, and which is kind of like a, a fancy napkin. Jesus, what Christ. a crazy <laughs> way direction to take that comment. What a bonkers thought. Okay, because well, I, well, I, I put my, my iPhone. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I didn't write mine on a napkin. Is what I'm trying to say. That never. Anyways, happened. guys, we're gonna go uh, from five to one, as in leading to our number one game of the year. Uh, so guests will start first, and then we'll all go around and uh, okay. talk a little bit. Just and there's no real structure because we're stupid. We'll do okay, our fives great. and our fours and our threes and our twos and our ones. So Hunter, what's your five? I feel like my five is gonna be. Also a little 
different than other people's because oh, I'm I'm mostly a PC guy. A little different. Yeah. Hunter's a little I, little different. He's not like the other girls. I took, <laughs> I took the blue pill, man. I'm seeing things. Uh, I took both, man. Was that bad? <laughs> I took both, man. I honestly, I've been able to get off the toilet for six days. Uh, so coming in at number five is uh, Warhammer Vermintide Two. Oh, it's a very a, good game. A game that me and Lux actually like wanted to get going and play together. Actually, so, which we can now. Be because they had a PS4 release in December. Yes. Incredible. Here's what I love about this game. Uh, I'm a big fan of like the Warhammer universe in general, but I'm a bigger fan of like traditional kind of like fantasy games where it's like you got your elf archer, you got your you know human fighter dwarf dwarf with you know, a hammer t- dwarf with a hammer sure, you don't want it to just be medieval times you want some sure. like fantasy races so what this game does really well is it captures that kind of like traditional fantasy like squad right how it's set up is it it plays a lot like left for dead where it's God, you that sounds so fucking good it is uh, it's you and like three other people and they all kind of like, you, you know, somebody's playing a elf archer, you're playing the dwarf and you're basically just killing uh, rats like rat men the entire time in the Warhammer slaughter and Skaven. But in the new one, they also added chaos, too. So you're like fighting. That was like my biggest fault with the first one was that the first one you were just fighting rats. And after a while, it's like. <laughs> I, I feel so much stronger than all of these. They come at you in like giant numbers, but right. like, you know, you, you still feel like you have the upper hand. Yeah. Now, let's and not talk one, too much shit about Warhammer Rats because my uh, Skaven team in Blood Bowl did win Offense of the Year in the Blood Bowl <laughs> League. So let's, yeah. let's not, you know. The, the Skaven are cool, but like they actually added, so they added the chaos to this, which are like possessed uh, Vikings. Bacon. Is that what these guys are? That's what those guys are. Yeah, see, so you're, imagine you're a Viking. Griffin. The thing is that uh, underneath the world, there's a magical gem and the chaos guys uh, worship it and are largely addicted to it. Yeah. So basically uh, imagine a Viking, but like hulked out and uh, it does such a great job of like cooperation is really fun. It adds a sense of there's, there's always like a sense of, uh, like if you're playing on the higher difficulties, at least like there's always a sense of like, should we really go and get this extra loot? Because there's like looting and stuff too. you like you build your character like an RPG. So there's risk reward. Yeah, it's got like the best boss fights I've played in a game, at least this year. Whereas like you'll fight like a chaos lord. And it was really blowing my mind because like they really make it cinematic, but it's not a cutscene. Like they throw you into an arena and he like steps to the top of the arena and he's like, nobody touched them. You know, they're they're I'm taking these guys out and you fight this guy and he'll kick you and you'll just go like flying across. It's so crazy. It's so much fun. That's so cool. It's yeah, great. So it was only for PC originally and now we can play a Lux. Yep. Yes. That might be the thing that we do when we get back to when I get back to Austin. Very exciting. Well, here's the thing about Hunter. Here's the thing. Another thing that I think is kind of cool about Vermintide is that it's like the most. I mean, I would I see I watch people play it on Twitch occasionally, and it seems like the most like Twitch integrated game I've ever seen because there's that stuff where like people in a Twitch chat can like vote for like events to happen in a Vermintide game on Twitch. Yeah, like there's an integration that, was... that like creates like it's like it's like built. It has a mechanic that's built for playing it on Twitch, which makes it like feel like a very 2018 game. Yeah, because like, it has like will there be a potion or a monster? Like vote in the Twitch chat, and it can vote can right. go directly into the game so that your the Twitch reason... audience can just change what happens in the game in a way that's really fucking cool. Yeah. 
I mean, they they did so many things right about this game. Um, but uh, moving on, uh, because we have to get through quite a number of games right. to talk about in the podcast. Uh, Lux, what is your what is your five? Well, Griffin, gird your loins because we're about to talk about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. How's oh, that a top no, five? I didn't have enough time to gory gory them, guard them. Gird them. Gird them. You gird your loins. Yeah, uh, it's it's in my top five because at the end of the day, I know I talk a lot about video games as art and video games is like a theme thing, but at the end of the day, they are mostly games and games are where I go to have fun and that game is fun as hell. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm looking for All the right. fun zone. <laughs> okay. yeah, no, a lot of the games on my list are more like, ooh, I thought about this a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. But this one's like straight up, this game is just insanely fun. I love it's playing it. It's a pleasure it. center for you. It's absolutely yeah. a pleasure yeah. center. I The RPG mode is dumb, but I even enjoy that because it has enough variance in like the way it changes difficulty and the things it throws at you that as you get further in it, it becomes pretty interesting and fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. I actually have been having a little bit more fun playing it. I've only played it on the plane so far. Um, The perfect uh, place for gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The perfect place to play on the Switch, I guess. Um, And I think I made the mistake of playing World of Light first, thinking that that would be the right place for them to explain how the game worked. And I realized quickly that was not true. And it was very confusing and difficult. Uh, And just playing like the random matches is actually how I started to like find characters. I like to play a little bit, Um, but it's all just it's all just concealed behind the worst presentation and it really shows that Nintendo actually isn't ready to be a big boy company in terms of online or uh, like next gen like future stuff it's actually really showed their hand in a lot of ways yeah uh, and that, that really their only hope as a company is to continually create uh, first party uh, marvels that are not based around the internet uh, and let's hope that model uh, sustains itself yeah well that is why it's actually only number five because at first I thought about putting it higher because it is just so much fun I've had like nothing but joy playing it and I've played it a lot since I got it but one thing I was really looking forward to it was like oh all my friends with switches are going to get this game and my friends in LA and in New York and in, in like other countries and whatever we can all just play smash like we used to nope. online, but the online <laughs> fucking blows. It's terrible. It's awful. It sucks total ass. And so that's the one sort of downside to the, that's like the big downside is like, I have this big dream of like, I'll get Griffin. I'll get my best friends from high school. Yeah, I'll play online. Right. League blast. Mm. But like with, that's just not on the cable. So and, that really sucks, yeah, which is, which is insane, insane in 2018 that you can't pull that off. Um, and literally the only job you had, because everything else is a copy paste from the other games, the maps, most of the characters. I mean, they added new characters, but does does the switch have an ethernet like port you can buy an can, adapter yeah. oh well that's the everybody's playing on wi-fi that's everyone's the playing problem. on wi-fi that's the problem but you would have to like buy an adapter and then like plug it into an ethernet right. cable which like no one is gonna do and also like if you're just playing online you know you're based off you're working with someone else's internet connection which is probably even worse wi-fi than yours right it's just it's just a mess um but but i i I mean i I was thinking about getting that i played playstation 4 online on my wi-fi and it's completely fine you know Mm -hmm. we've played we've played online games together on wi-fi and it's been actually wait that's not true i play on i have an ethernet cord so it's just a huge miss but i want to talk about a huge win uh (laughs) for uh nintendo and that was pokemon let's go eevee which is my number five oh my Uh, number six okay so that's an honorable mention for you yeah it was all right well so for this game you know i love it when a game 
you have like what, that you're unsure about and then it totally like wins you over. That's, mm. that's always a fun experience. And I was very uncertain about this game. Like, what's the point? Um, but I found that it's like it's like more than just like a, a remaster of like the visuals. They added like so much love to like retell this story, like from like the, all these like little mini cinematics uh, throughout the game. Uh, like I remember uh, the part where uh, you take um, Marowak into like, I mean, you take Cubone in to like see his like dead mother in like the oh, ghost Jesus. town and they had this whole new cinematic to retell that story and uh they just added a lot of stuff so is this what is the because i missed this one i didn't play this one is this a like a this is a complete, remake of yellow this is a complete remake of yellow okay yeah. um but they like add moments to it too yeah, yeah. so but so it's not so but it is pretty faithful but they do add stuff and like you can when you catch pokemon you can let them out of their pokeball and you can ride them oh. so it's like i was literally riding on the back of a haunter like just like oh, that's piggybacking him, like floating around um you can do that with water pokemon too um you like i, I finally have Involved my my uh, Charmeleon to a Charizard, and I'm literally flying around towns on Charizard. Uh, so they, they did cool, all this man. stuff to like bring back uh, to bring back the game for like this new generation of kids to like experience and play. And I thought right. it was just oh, and then this sorry, the biggest thing I need to talk about this game is the catching mechanic that I was uncertain of. Uh, there's no more random encounters. It's just. Uh, the Pokemon goal mechanic of like throwing Pokeballs at Pokemon, which I thought was actually going to be lame, but here's the thing. Now in the world, you see all the Pokemon walking around and then encounter them that way. So like, as opposed to going to like Mount Moon and just like having to do a million random encounters and like load screens, you're like organically experiencing the world of Pokemon more by like just freely walking around these caves and seeing a Pokemon and like walking towards it and throwing a Pokeball at it. And like, it cut out all the busy work and I, and like it made it better. I will say I agree that it made it better and I really like it, but it cut out most of not all of the busy work. Cause you do have to like chain captures together to increase your odds of finding rare Pokemon and stuff. That's true. But I actually didn't feel like I had to grind that much to do all that stuff. Like I've almost completed my Pokedex with very little grinding. Yeah, no, it's way less. It's, it's way less than the other games for sure. But there is a little bit of work to do to like make it work, but it's, it's, yeah. it's streamlined at like hundreds of per, times over. I got to get a switch. Yeah, you do. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy that you don't. You know, okay. But uh, the, 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 the big thing I just want to say about that game, which I mentioned yeah. before really quick is that like the 1080 like makes this huge difference and that it just makes it all feel so like yes this, yeah. it's the only Pokemon yeah. games that really made me like wow this is like an incredible world that I really like love imagining and being a part of are like the first ones when I was a child and like this one like lots of them have been super duper fun and really good games but very few of them like make me just be like kind of amazed at the world and like the ways of the stuff in it. And this game really does because of all the detail and the visual work. Absolutely. And we talked about the podcast about like, oh, like seeing that like old little river jetty or whatever in like the original pallet town and having that like just be recreated visually from your memories of what it used to look like. It's just like so trippy. You could put a hat on Eevee. You can put costumes on Eevee and Pikachu. How is it? All right. I changed. It's this incredible. is my game of the year. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know you could do no, this. My big thing is uh, my, dude, my, so my character is uh, dressed as Pikachu and my Pikachu is dressed as a Pokemon trainer hilarious joke <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so you can do stuff like that. Like, there's that whole shopping town from the original game. Yeah. Well, now you can just buy accessories for your animal. Oh, my God. Uh, which is incredible. But, okay. guys, uh, we could rant about this game forever, oh, and for I'm sure. feeling pretty good about where it is on my list. Let's move on to... We're getting closer, guys. We're in the fours <laughs> now. Uh, Hunter, let's do Let's see your four. Uh, four is Dragon Ball Fighters. Nice. Uh, also on my honorable mentions list, Fighter Z fucking rips. Yeah, it's Fighter Z, right? I have no clue. I believe uh, it's Fighter Z. It's sure, it's Fighter Z. It's an amazing game. They somehow figured out how to do a versus game better than Capcom did. I don't know if anybody played Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, but that that game rips too. But this game is so good. The assist system in this game, the fucking tech system in yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, is unbelievable. This is uh, this is coming from the the competitive fighting game guy. Uh, this is it's really cool to see like a fighting because. What will usually happen is a fighting game will get announced. People will get excited for it. It comes out. People realize that it, it's not good and it disappears. Street Fighter cross Tekken. This somehow has built an insane community and it's only come out this year. Like that is something to like. Yeah. Didn't it get give like credit a, to. It's didn't it have like a spot at Evo? Like didn't they have a spot for an Evo already this year? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy it's for like, a game in its first year. It's yeah. really fun. And one of the things that I think is so good about it is like it's got all like the great Marvel versus Capcom like themes to it. Like one of the f- best parts of Marvel versus Capcom is that you have to really think about the team that you're building and it, you know, like, yeah, I love playing so-and-so, but does his assist work with this? And can I do a super with that? And they took all that out in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite because they were just like, well, everybody can do anything. But that doesn't, like, really make a fun team. Yeah. And that also doesn't make it fun to watch, too. Like, one of the craziest things about Marvel versus Capcom 3 to watch is somebody just, like, going to town on somebody with Tron Bond and the other guy's, like, playing a top-tier team. Like... I think uh, I think team comms are always a more interesting way than just like having any character be able to do anything is that's always kind of a more boring choice. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I also think that Fighter Z also does a really good job of like characterizing the fighting styles, if that makes sense. Like the characters fight the way it feels like they'd fight from the anime. Like, yeah, they do a good job of like Trunks and Goten and whatever are like quick little because they're little fucking kids like they're quick and they do stuff. But then like other dudes are way like it feel like the characters fight the way that they feels like they should fight. Yeah, so they're all pretty well balanced and it's like really fun. It feels like it's the best like it just feels like you're doing an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Like it has the look. It has the feel as the characters are great, too. And anyone like it doesn't really like skills, not super huge. Like if you want to play with your friends, there's like systems in the game where like if they just want to like just keep pressing square, they're still going to do cool shit. Right. Like so it's yeah it's a really good game yep and speaking of good games Lux what do you got Sorry, I'm gonna keep on cutting <laughs> no, you guys no, you do it. you're like at Griffin, minute 35 Griffin, right you now. drive Griffin you drive the car um, <laughs> don't you worry about it so number four for me I'll, is, I'll be in charge of the mean segues yeah <laughs> yeah well you know you're the best at being mean so my number four is a uh, the rock star release of the year I'm putting Red Dead Redemption 2 number four for me on the list <laughs> numero quattro nice Whoa. So I've tried to play more of the storyline since our last update where I was just a hobo running from town to town, uh, imagining that I was just screaming at the civilians. <laughs> and it's fun. It's really good. I have found, I don't know, I like, it's a little bit, It's it can be really interesting, but I think some of the problems we had with it on the show the first time feel really real to me now. This like, it wants you to make ethical choices, but then like try it makes it kind of hard because like makes you feel bad for doing the wrong thing or the right. Like it just like in a way that's kind of cool, but also like just kind of takes me out of the game and it's really fun. It's really awesome. I really like it. it. The world's incredible. The design's incredible. It can just be kind of slow to me sometimes and it can be kind of 
draggy in spots and the story is pretty like kind of hit or miss the side missions are like amazing narratively like that's more like i think the thing that most impressed me about it is the way the yeah. side missions like build out characters and world and yourself but the main storyline leaves me a little bit um the opposite of whatever dame judy drenched is it's tough because it's like uh, talking to the people at this game like where they are with you with the story and then like talking to people at game once they finish the story it's like it's really fascinating to feel like i feel like a lot of people like kind of turn and 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 think that like agree with you about the failures of the game but like it seems like the ride was still worth it a little bit more if you finish it but that's obviously a tough call especially if you're not liking the story now yeah, and it's not like i haven't put like this thing is i i know people have played fewer hours than me who have beaten the game you know what i mean like i put a lot yeah. of time into the game it's just no like it's and I, it's never been I've never felt bored playing it. I've always felt like, oh, I'm doing a good job. But I've also rarely ever felt compelled to play it. It's not like I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, I should play Red Dead. I'm like, I'll play something. What about Red Dead? And like, it's not going to be a top three game of the year if I, if what about Red Dead is my main segue. No, I completely agree. And it's just tough because I feel like there is this one moment in the story that I just, just like hooked me through the last whatever amount of hours. Um, But yeah, it's very unwield. It's a very unwieldy game uh, in its design and in presence and video games in general. And I think you'll see in my top three (laughs) that I have sort of a very specific set of things that make my top three games, my top three games and Red Dead Mm -hmm. doesn't really qualify for that. So, so. So getting to my number four so we can brush, kind of get past these kind of like these these fours and fives, because we really want to get to our top threes, guys. Uh, Maybe we should have done for the episode. But anyways, (laughs) um, but my number four is a little game called. Santa Monica's God of War. Is, is, that people, is that how people refer to it as Santa, Santa Monica's God, God of War? Santa Monica yeah. presents uh, God of War. <laughs> brought to you by the peer. Uh, yeah, it was just solid. There was like moments I'd never seen before in games. It was really fun to play. But it, the reason it's not like closer to one is that it totally seems like they had to rush development. And there's like a big middle part of the game that is kind of boring and repetitive and lacks like the set pieces that the first half and like towards the end that you get. And every God of War game is known for just like a million set pieces and a million insane things happening and i think that just they god of war 2 is going to be really great because it has the foundation but it felt boring at times and the side quests in this game are super boring and basic um and so i I felt like uh the game ultimately did not fully stick the landing to be game of the year we'll come i'll talk more about this because we're going to come back to this one later (laughs) (laughs) all right and uh but guys here we go oh man into the top, top, three. top three. three. The Thrizzle. The number three. Oh, <laughs> man. Something that could have. <laughs> Just like rap voice saying the number three is some real like Dude, that one Bob Odenkirk's catcher is like a rip, a rap, a rippity rap. <laughs> uh, top three for me is Battletech. Battletech. I oh, didn't play this game. I have heard good things, but I've not gotten to Battletech yet. So this is a uh, giant robot simulation turntable or turn uh, based game. Imagine XCOM, but just giant robots. I thought it was really good. I'm a big fan of like the franchise in general. And it's nice to see a game that finally kind of like paid homage to like the original, like little tabletop version of it. And on top of that, it looks great. It plays well. There's it feels like. I know a lot of the times in like XCOM and stuff, like you really get attached to like, you know, the guys on your team and you don't want them to die. It's the same scenario there, except now it's a giant robot and you have to like 
buy transistors for it and stuff like that. It looks really good. Yeah, and this is the game where, if I remember correctly, there's like a targeting damage system where like you can get specific yes. parts of your robot blown off or you can blow off specific parts of other people's robots, which like adds an entire layer of strategy as far as like understanding robot composition, like yeah, how they're, what they're made of and stuff like that. And positioning and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game. It's very easy to like sink a bunch of time into it too. I gotta ask because you know any game about BattleTech, you gotta wonder: Are there kaiju? No kaiju. No kaiju, and that's what keeps you from Game of the Year, yeah, guys. That's why it's three Take notes? Yeah, that's <laughs> why it's number three. Could be two, could be one, but instead we're talking <laughs> three. Lux, Lux, tell me about a game that was close to your heart, but not the one. Um, yeah, it's actually a really good description of this game. Um, I really fucking loved uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, oh yeah. wow, okay. For a couple of reasons, right? Like it's a beautifully done. It's a really specific story with a really specific message and like aesthetic and things going on that all fit this idea of like this one woman sort of dealing with the way in which her mental illness is perceived by the world around her and by herself and like the world in which she exists all through this like crazy demon metaphor, which is always very cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like looks great. It feels great. It's like hard and scary. It's a game that you have to play in your headphones because the sound design like is incredibly good. And so the sound design like moves you through that game. Um, also, you know, we talked about this a little in the show, but like I have my mental illness shit and my family has a bunch of that shit. And so it's a game that like resonated with me like personally in a really intense way. Mm. And it just like was really fun. Like that's the thing is very few games like make me both be like, wow, this reminds me a lot of like the struggles in my own life. And also, boy, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Right. Which is a game that can pull off that balance is like a pretty impressive thing. And I fucking loved it. I thought like as a like, piece of like narrative art, it was like really fucking impressive. Sure. Yeah. It's it's also like we talked about this before on the podcast, but it's one of those games that feels very like of now. Like this game couldn't have even been made a while back because like games weren't like tackling concepts like that before. Yeah, I think. And the, the amount of technology they use to make those concepts like play in the game, like the way that like it just looks and the malleable camera and like the way it like takes you on and off rails and like has reactions that are timed to things and all that is like just really high tech and advanced and like looks fucking fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's an awesome fucking game. And I think that, you know, I don't know if everyone's going to love it. It's kind of slow. It's really creepy. But for me, it was fucking insanely rad. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of insanely rad, uh, my top three is a little game called Delta Rune. Uh, now, are you fucking kidding me? You're putting the <laughs> demo in your top three. Uh, it is not a demo. It's like an in- I'm calling it an installment because, <laughs> uh, because guys, you got to go with, the, with, with with what games spoke to you, you this your year. All right, all you right. know, and if I look across the list, there's a lot of big games out there there with big explosions and big numbers Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i mean sure like could i pick something like battlefield 4 maybe but like deltarune is just such a clear singular vision yet again from one of my favorite games of all time toby fox game makers all time toby fox i don't know if this is a demo or a chapter one of a longer thing because in that sense then like would you like judge me if I had like put like the first chapter of like a telltale game or something like that of a year? No. Like well, my reaction know. actually comes more from the fact that I thought of putting Deltarune on my list and then was like, eh, yeah, it's you not a whole game, pissed. so I'm not going to uh, do it. Uh, no. Yeah. I truly felt this way um, about this game from the music and the art style, um, what they're taking from undertale and, and doing a new way. And uh, it just, it rocked. It really rocked and I'm ready for more. And it feels like it, 
it doesn't really impressive that Undertale pulled off, but honestly, I think Deltarune does better, which is sticking you into a weird, strange mm-hmm. world that feels totally normal and like you just feel at home in it right away. Yeah, like just because of the details and the tone and the way people talk, just makes it feel like so. Like, oh yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to school. I, just, I go to school here. I'm a my friend's an alligator. Uh, my teacher's a bird. This is just a normal <laughs> life, um, and it really works and it plays. It swings and it's really fucking impressive. And I can't wait for the whole game that's finished to exist so that I can give a game of the year for that yeah. year. Yeah, um, but uh, moving on. Should we quickly take a quick commercial break before we hit the top six? Yeah, yeah, let's take a quick commercial break. Here's the thing. My life, it's pretty good, but it's not exciting. And you know what makes things exciting? Problems. I wish I could have a problem anytime I wanted. The problem is your problems are too slow. Try this Insta problem. Whoa, 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 what? Is that like Instagram? No, not at all like Instagram. That makes more sense. It's a little <laughs> bottle and you, you pop it open and boom, you got a new problem. Man, I'm just going to walk to work today. Everything's going fine. I'm going to pop my Insta problem. <laughs> Now I'm at a hospital. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Insta problem is five milligrams of horse tranquilizer. Drink it and you'll have a problem. Wait, couldn't I just buy horse tranquilizer? Not legally. Oh. They call that ketamine. <laughs> Maybe, but not with free two-day shipping. Whoa! And not with the promo code GAMEBOYS. So go to instaproblem.com today. Use promo code GAMEBOYS to get 50% off your first bottle of Insta problem. Thank you, Insta problem. Now I feel terrible, just like I should. Should all the old games be <laughs> forgot and never brought to mind? What games came out this year? We'll see. Let's hear the Game Boys pod. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Still Lux, your co-host is Still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still returning champion Hunter Edwards, and we are still ranking our games of the year, ladies and gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. We're on number two, Hunter. Bring us back in. What's number two on your list? All right. Number two for me is... Louis C.K. stand-up set from last night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, Guys, let's get year. into this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I still haven't seen it. I haven't watched it yet. I looked all over for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there's just, there's, an, it, there's an okay. audio leak. I know there's video. Uh, uh, I think it's just video. I mean, I think it's just audio. <laughs> yeah, it is not great. Uh Okay, <laughs> my game number two of the year is actually Hitman number two. Yes! Ooh. I'm a huge Hitman fan. I feel like my list might be biased because these are all franchises that I'm fans of. But uh, <laughs> they really didn't have to do anything crazy for this next one. I don't know if you guys played the, the first, the last one. I have not. Uh, and I actually haven't played the second one, but I've actually watched a bunch of Hitman 2 videos because there is, it's it's kind of been blossoming uh, yeah. this game with the, the interesting things they're doing with their updates and stuff. Yeah, so they had a kind of strange model with the first one where like they gave you one mission. Like you bought like the core of the game and then through DLC and it wasn't like too expensive, but through DLC you wound up paying for a full game. But it did kind of give you this like fun, almost like how, uh, what is it? Uh, Telltale does things where it's like episodic. Sure. Like you get to play and kind of like digest and like go through missions in various ways. Uh, and this new one though, it just gives it, it gives all of it to you up front. They didn't have to do anything as far as like change the graphics. The graphics were already really good. There might be like some slight improvements. Uh, the, it plays great. They mm-hmm. didn't have to fix that. They literally only had to make it bigger and give you more things to do. And they did exactly that. And they're adding on these like 
like celebrity driven like DLCs, right? Well, they had that in the last one where like you had to kill Gary Busey. Nice. Well, what, who's the who's the actor in this one? They had to kill it, Sean uh, Bean. I think so. I haven't. Yeah. I Classic haven't, Sean uh, Bean getting killed. <laughs> I usually like to you know play a little bit and like really get uh-huh. into it before I start doing DLCs. Because but. the game's all about, uh, you can like go about it all different ways. So although there is just like one main mission, there's yeah. like a bunch of different ways to tackle it, which keeps the, like the replayability of the, the game. The, what I'm trying to do right now is go through it, but like completely loud. And it's actually like the problem with the first one was like the, the firearm, the shooting like, mechanics, the shooting mechanics kind of sucked. Yeah. You're really only like, you were like shooting tranquilizer darts right. or you're like shooting lights, bad uh, pistol shot. Sure. Yeah. But this, like it feels better first better. of all. And like, it feels like if I, there are instances where I'm like, I could do this loud. And so that's why I'm like trying to like which is the, John Wick which is it. the most badass way to say you're gonna do something poorly like fuck up the stealth. I'm going in loud. <laughs> well, that's a, yeah, that's how they say it, dude. <laughs> I'm doing this loud. Um, I gotta start doing things loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, 2019, you're the loud. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Hitman <laughs> Two seems like an interesting game. I just still worry that like I'd be spending a lot of money on something I wouldn't play for that long, and that's always what keeps me right. from like engaging with the franchise for sure um but lux uh let's engage with your franchise uh for a second and find out about your numero dos wow that was a really good segue if you just trusted your instincts because my number two is god of war sorry santa monica presents god of war (laughs) santa monica is god of war please yeah um (laughs) i loved it i didn't find the side quests as boring as you thought as you found them i thought there was a really cool sense of like this idea of like the you're kind of playing a character with a split personality and that you're playing Atreus and Kratos representing like sort of two sides of the same coin where Kratos is like this like all business dad and Atreus is like this kid who wants to see the world and the sure. side quest to me felt like playing as Atreus and exploring and learning about things yeah because every side quest is like Kratos is like let's not help and Atreus is like I want to help mm. yeah exactly and I thought that dynamic was really cool and I really liked the like father son stuff in there and I thought yeah. it was like a beautifully told story and I thought that a lot of like we talked about this in the show that like a lot of little tiny details of it broke my mind, blew my mind. Like there's the whole thing where like you keep climbing up, like the only things you can climb in the game are things that are marked yellow or gold or whatever. And like, then you kind of realize you go through that, like they're marked by like the existence, the passage of the mom, in the past, like the whole path you're traveling is like this predetermined path that like should have existed the whole time. And it's like really fascinating, cool story about like time and, and family. And I thought it was just like insanely well executed and like really like, and also it had like a couple of legit stand up and cheer moments. And I feel like I don't get that from video games as much as I used to when I was younger. Yeah. And w- which moment did you stand up for? Oh, uh, getting the fucking, bla- getting the fucking blades back. Oh no, I sat down. <laughs> <laughs> you play the whole game standing up. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I said, this is the, I said, wow, okay, I'm exhausted now. Uh, <laughs> it was just coincidental. I like, uh, I like that moment. I do have some issues with how they're executed in the game and how like, it fits into the story necessarily or like the way they're presented as awesome as it is, like doesn't fit the story at all. And there's like little problems like that throughout the the game. Like it's like a sad moment where he takes them out and then you get to do this insanely fun fight with a bunch of dudes. You can just like slice up and it's like fucking blast. And it's like, well, that's 
feels wrong for a game yeah. that like, was so emotionally weighted throughout. And it's so, the like, same thing with Red Dead too. These kind of questions sometimes about that, like good, good guy, morality, murder, and like balancing like the way the story wants you to feel about the event with how the gameplay feels. Like, yeah, it's a sad moment that you play a super fun piece of gameplay with afterwards, and that sort of that disconnect kind of uh, took like took me out of it a little bit. And that's like that's the little largest reason why it's number two, not number one, because in so many ways I think it's basically perfect, but like it can't quite balance its tone, and so then a lot of the sort of storytelling falls a little bit flat in these like big moments because it can't quite it's trying a really hard thing of like a really fun good engine telling a kind of sad story but you have to agree there it's missing a few sad pieces right no i, I do like, i don't think that okay. you're like the first one outside the cabin is one of the most insane things i've ever seen in a video game have you you played the whole thing uh what got away santa monica's got away? uh sorry santa monica's got away i've played uh a little bit of it and i want to spoil my list sure sure sure, sure, sure. but uh yeah, there's, I don't know. Here's what I liked about God of War. It was that I've been a fan of the franchise for a really long time. I've said that like 20 times today. But uh, I remember... <laughs> 19 times before you got here. Yeah. So I don't know who you're talking to I, on the I, bus I, or I, something. I drove past a McDonald's and I pointed at it and I said, I'm a fan of that franchise. <laughs> it's so strange to me that they took this new like direction with Kratos. And I don't know if like the thing that really, I think I totally agree. It's a fun game. It's fun to play mechanically. It's fun, but I did not like the story at all. It's so strange. I know Kratos as like the guy who's like revenge. He's like a, he's like a monster. monster, Right. Uh And I don't know if attaching a child to him is the way to give him that redemption story. Hmm. That I think they were kind of trying to go for. Yeah, right? but how else would you do that? I don't know. I don't, I, or do I just, you believe Kratos is beyond redemption? I think you can just make him the same. Like I think he, he'd be the same character. Like he's still the same character, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know he's like trying to be a better guy or whatever, but I he's done some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, I think it got a War 3. Doesn't he just, like, melt the whole world because all the gods are dead? So, yeah, like, the okay. oceans rise and everything? So, like, I, I get what they're going for. I, it was a fun game. It just game. didn't work for you. It like, didn't work for me. the father-son trope is because is, is, is it's tired or is uh, it because, like, you just hate dads? Yeah. Uh, it's, I guess it stems back to my own problems <laughs> with my own father. No, I, I, I just thought... Uh, didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. I, I thought the I liked God of War when it was more arcadey and not so much like because I never thought the story for God of War was good. I thought it was always kind of like you're killing God. Like it should right. be fun and arcadey. They're, so they're trying to attach more of an intelligence to the franchise. Yeah, now and I don't know if it's like necessarily yeah. needs it. I mean, it definitely it's definitely a complete break from what they were doing before. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I really like that element of it. but I can totally see how that's like not. For everyone thing like for me yeah. I thought that was like a really cool like way to change up the thing and like it also kind of a way to like justify how the game was like designed really differently than the old ones and stuff but I totally see how like if the emotional beats don't land for you which we've already talked about they're not perfectly well executed then like the game kind of doesn't speaking flow. Uh, as of speaking of not for everyone kind of things guys my number two is a game called Red Dead Redemption 2. And wow, there's been a lot of talk on the internet about this game and 
it's a game that obviously is flawed in a bunch of ways from just like the amount of guys you end up shooting over the course of this game to like mechanics that have been copy pasted from their other games. But there's just this story that unfolds in the later half of the game that is uh, like one of my favorite things I've seen in video games. There are like moments between characters uh, that made me like tear up. It was one of the most uh, emotionally moved I've been by a story all year and not only these like story things that were so cool but then also just like the sheer bravado to just like slow it down Mm. slow it down with good stuff slow it down with janky stuff it was a little bit of both but just like to take the open world genre and slow it way down and make me exist in these moments was very cathartic especially when i just like spent all my time like on my phone and then like i go to a game like assassin's creed i'm just like doing more like ah check checklist 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 like with red dead i was just kind of like in the moment like so much more in this way that i had never been before in in an open world game and despite all the bullshit of the game i still think it is incredible and like will push the medium forward and that's why it's number two yeah i mean i can't really argue with that i think my thing is you know like i said like well, it's similar. You're like you had God of War four and Red Dead two. I have Red Dead four and God of War two. There were things about God of War that worked for me that didn't work for you, and there's just things about Red Dead that worked for you that didn't work for me. Like they're both incredible games, but I do think both of them have like an are going to have like an influence on like the genre on like the on just video games going forward for a long time. Both yeah. those games because like really incredible in some of those ways. But yeah, just like little bits are different. But like nothing you I. I disagree with nothing that you've said about the game. Like it's all, that's all true. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and just like, just, just the, just the ending I thought was so cool. Um, even though if the epilogue has problems, just like, I think it's the best thing Rockstar has done, uh, narratively, uh, by far with the Arthur Morgan character. Yeah. He's great, but okay guys, it's been a long, a long trek, (laughs) a long windy tunnel of opinions. But now, Time to announce each of our games of the year. Yes, wow. it's time to to go to, go to you, somebody that we used to game. Hey, he got us there. At least <laughs> he got the us there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get us there, Hunter? What's know. your game of the year? <laughs> uh, my game of the year is Red Dead Redemption Two. Yay! Oh, uh, the only yeah. game on all three lists. <laughs> and that I think should be enough evidence as to why it's the game of the year. I've never played a game in exactly what you were talking about. I've never played an open world game that asks you to merely exist in it for a moment. For sure. It's I I've played GTA, I've played yeah. the other Red Dead, I've played GTAs for years. And I'm always playing. I'm kind of monkeying around, shooting people, you know, doing the thing. I'm looking at my phone. Red Dead does such a good job of making every single moment in that game feel like meet like there's meaning behind it. You're I mean, like, okay, I understand some of the problems people have with the mission structure and stuff like that. 
it hasn't bugged people for years. And I'm a big proponent of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, like it a mission still structure that involves you. you getting to know characters deeply while riding on missions. Exactly. And like then like each mission having a clear set piece. Um, yeah, it just sucked to just like end up shooting like 200 guys a mission towards the end. Like but, that part started to feel like it, it like lost the reality of like the West that it was like spending time building. I think I think a big point of that game though if you look at it retrospectively mm. right is you spend so much of the the beginning of the game being this jerk this murderer yeah right where like you said you you feel like you don't have much agency in it mm. and i think that is i might be the point to, i think i might be trying to divulge yeah. too much meaning out of this game I love the game, but yeah. I think that is the point. Yeah, it's, because you it's have that, that turn. You, you, it's you're you are a scoundrel. You're yeah. not like you're, a bad person. you're not playing a good guy. Yeah, but through the course of the story, you realize that the things you do with Arthur and the things you've done throughout the course of the story, you're doing out of necessity. It's not easy for Arthur to like if Arthur could stop shooting people and go get a job, that would. A, not be a fun game. <laughs> and uh, B, that wouldn't really be true to that character. That's what he knows. That's what he does. Right? And it and then when it does take that turn, it adds even more levity to the, the things that you do to people. Right? There, there's, there's missions later on in the mission that if you do want to play a good Arthur Morgan, which I did not, I'm an evil son oh, of really? a bitch. I am evil. I tried to play good. Oh, um, there's hella dark sided, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm twisted with a Z. If you want to play a good Arthur Morgan, it gives you opportunities to do that. Yes. And to get that redemption story that you want. At the end of the game, definitely. If you want yeah. to be a bad dude and have a very somber ending, you also get that also. And the, the game changes depending on how you want to play it. There's some slight differences between the, you know, how cutscenes play out and stuff. You could do make a good point, though, that like the the turn like that, maybe like the lack of the this like kind of like choice is actually kind of like an illusion that you start to feel like over the first three quarters of the game. When that turn happens, it like maybe that is purposeful and like reinforces this theme of looking back and like regretting your life and like being in, in the twilight of your life mm -hmm. and be in like being like all I have are like these people that I care about now think about and my life is over but i want to do everything i can in my that's like my my the end of my life to yeah. like try and do something good at the end and maybe that story actually would like that that turn and that beat would maybe have been like watered down if you actually had been playing more of a good guy the whole game my point i guess would be that think about how much money you make in like the first five chapters of the game yeah and how important money is to you and then in I, whenever the turn happens, it's five or six. Yeah. Money literally means nothing, nothing to you at, at the that end. point. Yeah. And you're throwing it away. And I think yeah. that is such a cool thing that they did. Like they made that such a, a thing. You can't even upgrade your camp anymore. Like the camp is It doesn't gone. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't nothing, matter. Nothing matters anymore. That I've never had a game do that before. Yeah. And I thought that was just such a cool I mean, on top of that, it plays great. I've always loved how those 
Rockstar Games play. Well, maybe it's time for me to stop just open worlding that game and play through it because that's a very compelling pitch for the actual story and not yeah. just uh, for dragging bear carcasses around the desert. Yeah, I, I really mean, would be con- like I'm really curious, Luck, to see like how you engage with the end of that game because like <laughs> like every every mi- once it happens, every yeah. mission just I'm like oh my god, I'm like sobbing and the music that comes in towards yeah, yeah. the end, they have these jams that they all of a sudden like there's music playing in this game out of nowhere like it's uh, it's total uh, yeah it's the, a total piece of art the ending of the first red dead spoke to me so strongly i played that game for an entire year uh-huh. and didn't play anything else and this one has felt even more powerful i didn't think i could like anybody more than john oh i didn't think i could like anybody more than uh the john marston uh, john from red john marston from yeah. red dead right and arthur morgan totally eclipses him yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, uh, we could talk about this for a whole other hour sometime when Lux finishes the game. But Lux, take us home. We already with talked your about it for one. an hour when I hadn't finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's a little controversial, but my number one is Divinity Original Sin to the console release, which has a bunch yeah. of different different mechanics from the PC release. They changed a lot of things, but how the like inventory interface and the skill tree and stuff like that work. They like simplified a lot of that down for the console release. So I don't feel weird saying that it's a separate kind of game. Did you play it for the console first? I played it for, I played it on my friend's PC a little bit and okay. was loved it, but was like a little annoyed by a lot of the mechanical stuff, like little things. And then uh-huh. I played on the, on the PlayStation four and I've uh, almost beaten it with one game and I'm pretty close to another one that I started over. Cause I want to try a different class out. Cause like Hunter, I like to try out lots of different shit, but it's amazing. It's my favorite sort of isometric style, that kind of RPG that I've played in years and years and years and years. And that's like my favorite kind of game um, that and JRPGs. And I think that this like uh, was unlike it was the world is so big. The characters are so detailed. There's so many opportunities to explore and so many like choices you can make where the results aren't obvious. Like you think that you're saying the thing that's going to get the response you want. They react totally differently or like you, you know, the characters have like even those NPCs have like a really clear, like core sense of like who they are. So like things that you think make sense, like might reactively to them the fighting is really fun the like millions and millions of ways you can like strategize and spec your dudes is really fun the fact that there's a magical mirror you can go to to just reset your character's stats and skills if you feel like just reclassing the middle of the game is fucking awesome that you can just decide like man i guess fire magic's not doing it for me i'm gonna switch to conjuring and then just give yourself like maxed out conjuring and buy some books and do some cool stuff is a really cool like way to like let you like not get stuck doing the same thing over and over again. And it has a lot of like the story is amazing and it has a lot of like just really good choices and a lot of really good uh, just moments throughout the game that are like so, so, so cool. I'm just nervous that it's too complicated. I've said this before, but it's not that complicated a game. It's just a long it's still got a lot yeah. like it's the yeah. most complicated thing about it is just like keeping track of what skills you're specking and what to buy. And like who the hardest thing about it, honestly is just remembering who owns what that you're buying from because everyone sells things. <laughs> so remembering yeah. like which random civilian sells the like warlord style fighting technique books is like conti- that actually has happened to me where I like walk around every half an hour. Cause I just cannot remember the fucking guy who I know has the whirlwind skill I want to buy. And I just don't know. Who, there's 50 people in the city and they could be any of them. Yeah. But that's more on me for being forgetful than on the game for like doing anything wrong. Yeah. You should remember 50 NPCs. That's your fault. <laughs> well, to be fair, the guy who sold the thing has like a red shirt and a cool sword. Like he <laughs> it was, says did, whirlwinds here. Yeah. No, no he's, like, in a, he's like in a whirlwind. <laughs> it wasn't just like a guy. It wasn't just like a guy in a t-shirt. Like he was like the sword guy. It made sense. Um, but the game, the game's really really fun it's really good the npcs are great like 
the sort of origin story thing that they added into the game, or like every character you can play as, unless you you can either make a custom character who has no origin story and just like your guy, or you can get a pre-made character who has an origin story, and that origin story unlocks specific side quests and specific moments that you wouldn't get to otherwise, and they're really fucking fun. And even if you play as a custom character like I am, all of your NPC friends or all of your other party members have those backstories. You still get access to a lot of those plot lines anyways, even without playing as them. So it like really gives you a best of both worlds thing. That's like just fucking insanely fun. Plus I'll never no weapon in any game is more fun than dual wielding wands in that game. Yeah. It just sounds like the game for you. That's like, just has the perfect kind of little bit of everything that makes you just want to play it forever. Yeah. It's just the exact kind of game that I like, you you know, like I'll sit with like 120 hour game and play it for 160 hours. Cause I want to see all the different extra shit in it. And this game is like bigger even than that. Like there's just, I have played, Probably put in 120 hours so far, and I feel like there's still like a solid third of the game I like haven't even touched. I, I would have put this on my list too, but I I don't think I've played the new edition. And the original one came out last year. Yeah, this the 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 PC version came out in 2017. Uh, Lux, if you make a deal to play to the end of Red Dead Redemption 2, I'll get I'll get Divinity 2 for the console. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I plan on finishing the game eventually, so that's an easy deal for me to make sure. <laughs> Okay, I should have made a better deal. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, President <laughs> Griffin, the real president deals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, so that's your big, that's your game of the year, the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, well, sorry. It's it's a tie between Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers and Bandersnatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, guys. Uh, unfortunately, I, you know, every year I leave a little spot on my list for Kingdom Hearts 3. And every year I got to push it to the next year. But I'm highly confident that the game of the year of 2019 will be Kingdom Hearts 3. But oh my God. enough about that, because I have 365 days until we make that uh, statement um, for sure. Guys, my number one for the year is a game called Hollow Knight for the Nintendo Switch. Now, this Strong game did not come out this year, but it was ported to the Switch this year. And I think it's where it truly became like I- iconic, at least in my life. But I think it became like, like it had a rebirth. It did well when it sold on Steam and the computer and stuff like that. But then when it got on the Switch, it just felt like it like felt like right at home on the Switch playing, especially on that handheld or, or on the big TV. Um, the art... Like the direction for those who haven't played it, it's a it's a Metro Metroidvania style game where you uh, are, are a little bug with a sword um, and it has a Dark Souls mechanic where if you die, you can run back to your body and try to get your your souls or your currency back. Um, but it, it takes all these little things from other games and then just kind of like makes it its own and makes it pure, just fun. It's like what are the, I, it's very, it's challenging, but just the right amount of challenging that makes me come back to that boss fight for like the 35th time and beat it. Like, Except for that one arena that I'm stuck on that I've tried 500 <laughs> times and can't beat. So maybe not yeah. quite the right amount of challenging a little much. But no, that game is fucking well, amazing. That's, that's an optional <laughs> thing, though, right? That's an optional one yeah, that you're doing. Yeah, it is. Um, I just, you just, I just like and the optional the stuff should be that hard. Yeah, um, you're right. I just the, the, the powers that you unlock allow you to come back to areas and uncover new secrets. I mean, it's a game that I just want a hundred percent. And it has also like a great, like kind of sparse but nice story mm-hmm. going on. It just, it just like felt like when you play a game and then like ten hours in, you just know that it's like a masterpiece and it keeps delivering all the way to the finish line. Yeah. What impressed me most about that game, which I haven't beaten, but is really really fun, is that the level design, like you're sort of saying, is that the level design for each sort of section 
is great each time you go through it because each time you go through you have different powers and so there's a version of it with like where you can see all the double jump stuff there's also cool design where you can't double jump and like that makes it so that each level like each level teases you you can see there's like five different ways you can go on like every level but you know that you can only access like two of them right now but you can get the other ones later and I think that that makes it like this really fun game where like everything feels like it has a mystery you can find or like a cool thing to discover and like it makes you want to drive forward and forward in the game and I think so I just think it's a really fun thing to have again like demands you keep playing it like the demands you like keep exploring finding stuff and it is my like stand up for my seat and cheer game too like it's the game where it's like I finally beaten that boss that was just like barely beat him and just standing up and just being like yes just like (laughs) you know you don't get that feeling of achievement like games don't like uh, don't strike that balance that often and even like in new Dark Souls games I feel like I've like learned the format of them so they're easy now and and not in the same way like the first time I played Bloodborne where it was just blew my mind like how to figure it out and how to beat stuff like I've kind of like I'm on to them now a little bit in their format so like playing a game that like is, is hard in a different way in a platformy way was like a new challenge for me personally as a gamer and it was super rewarding yeah no that checks out did you play any Hollow Knight Hunter I actually did not play Dude, any Hollow Knight you gotta get the Switch man Which, yeah I know all right, so I, all that's finish, what I'm doing immediately Red Dead, Griffin will play Divinity and then you play Hollow Knight and we'll You'll circle, back, Switch. Here, yeah, and we'll circle back here in 2019 and get this all sorted out <laughs> I'm leaving from here and going straight to Fry's <laughs> And the switch today. I was actually at a sports bar yesterday with my friend. And I was talking about how good Smash Bros was, and he was like, "Fuck it!" And he just bought a Switch and Smash Bros on his phone off Amazon. Like, <laughs> while we were getting drunk at this bar. Sick. Yeah, people. The everyone's like, no one I know is not like one kind of aggressive paragraph about how good the Switch is away from buying a Switch. Like, yeah. all you just need to be like, it's very good. And they're like, oh, you convinced me. Yeah, it's <laughs> the most God. obtainable system, I think. And that's why me and Lux get com- get ten percent commish off every Switch sold in the world, and that's why we're insane wealthy yeah and but uh that's gonna do it for our game of the year thing so just you guys want to quickly recap our top fives and just give everyone the full list yeah so for me i had number five super smash Bros. ultimate number four red dead 2 Number three, Hellblade, Sin was Sacrifice. Number two, God of War. And number one, Divinity, Original Sin 2. And I had number five, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee Edition. Number four, Santa Monica's God of War. Number three, Toby Fox's Deltarune. <laughs> number two, Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2. And number one, Team Cherry's Hollow Knight Team. for the Switch. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Uh, for me, it was number five, Warhammer Vermintide 2. Number four, yes. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Z. Uh, number three, uh, Battletech. Salamar Z. <laughs> oh, my enemy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, hey, that's a deep cut for all those Game Boy not that deep. We reference it a lot on here. He's laying low, but I'm oh, ready right. for I'm prepared for his next attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, Battletech. Number two, Hitman 2. And number one, Red Dead Redemption 2. Hell yeah. Right, so hit us up on Twitter, on the on the gram, and let us know if you guys have thoughts about our lists or if you are on lists, because we'd love to hear from you. But that's going to do it for this episode. So Hunter... You know we love you. You've been on the show twice. Our audience loves you, too. Where can they find more of you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and most socials at Hunter Edwards BB. And Man, how'd you get that handle? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, this is going to come out on Wednesday, but then a few days later, uh, Hunter's got a show on, oh. on the 6th, right? Uh, no, on the 15th, actually. Oh, so <laughs> you'll have plenty of time to go to a black box theater for free. It's... It's a show called Our Show with Hunter Edwards. It's going to be a ton of fun. This week we're doing an ice cream social experiment. So it's an ice cream social, but also a social experiment. So 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right, and make sure to check out that nail video on the Patsy page um, and just check out Patsy in general. They're a fucking very good sketch group. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, as for me, guys, let's just plug Game Boy's pod again. Let's slide in those DMs. It's 2019 and we're feeling we're feeling ready for a new year. It's ready for some new fans. Slide in, guys. Yeah. So slide into our DMs at Game Boy's pod on Instagram. Uh, my news resolution is to really try and do a better job with the Twitter. So follow us there, too. And uh, please go on iTunes and uh, subscribe, rate, review, and we'll read your reviews like this one we got from Don't Drink Beer, who says, really enjoy this podcast and how accessible it is from hardcore gamers to peggle tier casuals. They put together such awesome commentary that unites new and old games. Thanks, Don't Drink Beer. That's really nice. Oh, wow. You know, Don't Don't Drink Beer is actually a way more successful podcast, I think, than ours. So uh, <laughs> yeah, thank so you so much. Good to hear from people who are actually good at this that maybe we're doing okay. <laughs> and just like, it's the end of the year. So thank everyone. Thanks everyone who's listened and, and reviewed and and said stuff to us and who's shared the show and who's like you know been part of the game boys like extended extended family so thanks to every universe yeah so thanks to all our guests thanks everyone who came on and uh it's been this is a dumb podcast we thought of because we were like man it sucks not living in the same place let's think of a thing to do together and we made a dumb podcast and it's going pretty good and i'm happy we get to do it together and with all these cool friends and guests Uh, i just wanted to say uh personally i don't want you guys to stop doing this uh i love listening to your podcast and uh, i'm gonna continue to bully my way onto each and every episode (laughs) i can possibly get onto you found it to be very easy to do that Uh, this is awkward, guys, because my New Year's resolution was to end the podcast. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Well, don't. well, I guess we'll have to sort that out next episode. Anyways, this <laughs> has been the Game Boys but podcast. Like most resolutions, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's actually the greatest guarantee the podcast will continue. Um, but that is it for us. Thank you for a great year. My name is Lux. I have been your host, your co-host, been Griffin Davis. Your guest has been Hunter Edwards, your editor. Thank you so much for an amazing year. By the way, to our editor, Haley Clement, who is your editor as well. International Music by Matthew Morton. Art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Game of the year lists. <laughs> Game boy. <laughs> One last time for 2018. <laughs>